discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. What a blessing. Are you glad to be here? How is your neighbor? Your neighbor is fine. Your neighbor is good. Wow, what a blessing. You must get to know people in church. You shouldn't just come and go. You know, yesterday I was preaching in a, in a certain church somewhere. And I was talking about how that Christ is the foundation and we are the building. No matter how good a foundation is, you cannot live in it. Have you seen a foundation before? A foundation of a building. Have you seen anyone living inside the foundation of the building? Unless it's a basement. If it's a basement, then there's a foundation and a room that has been built underground. But this one, that is just a foundation. You can't have anyone living in it. Do you see? So Jesus is the foundation for everything. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, that other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. That's what Paul said. Jesus is the sure foundation. Isaiah 28, verse 16. I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believes shall not make haste. Isaiah 28, verse 16. You know, so Jesus is the foundation. Strong, sure foundation, beautiful foundation. But without the building, without the superstructure, the foundation is useless. Can you imagine that you are the building? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, once again, verse 9, says that we are God's building. Look at 1 Corinthians 3.16. You are God's word. You are God's word. You are God's word. Tell your neighbor, you are God's building. It's like you are a room. Tell your neighbor, you are like a room. Yes. In the spirit, that's how you are. Do you see? Yes. First Peter 2 5 says we are living stones. First Peter 2 5. Look at it. You also, as living stones or lively stones, are built up a spiritual house. So all of us are stones and stones that are being built up to be a spiritual house. So you, you are a spiritual house, you are a room. You can you can you, you are a house in the spirit, and that means that by you someone can become very spiritual. You are a room in which someone can live in. You are a room in Christ in which someone can live in. And when someone, so when you become a friend to someone, your presence in the person's life brings the person spiritual development, spiritual safety, spiritual preservation, a place for him to rest, to rest spiritually. That's what happens when you make a friend in the house of God. A friend who will help you develop spiritually. 
You know, there are people you get close to, you learn how to smoke. Isn't it? You get close to them, you learn how to be a, you become a, an alcoholic. You get close to them, you become a womanizer or a manizer. Is it true? Yes. Yet there are people in the spirit, when you get close to them, Christians, you get close to, you become very spiritual. Yes. Because you were you were a room. Tell me about you were a room in the in the spirit. You were a house in the spirit. You were building in the spirit. Yeah. The more you advance in the Lord, you become you become you can become a thousand a thousand bedroom house in the spirit. Where one thousand people find safety because of you. Yeah. They find safety in the spirit because of you and are preserved because of your presence. Is it not beautiful? But tell me, I want to know you. I want to become your friend. Maybe you are the spiritual house I need. You never know. It's not only for marriage. It's not tell you, it's not only for marriage. It's just for spiritual development. Hallelujah. You may kindly take your seats in heavenly places. Father, thank you for this morning once again. We are grateful. We are thankful. Thank you for the power of your word, the power of your spirit. Thank you that your Holy Spirit is teaching us your word, making your word real to us, even in Jesus' name. We receive your word with meekness, with gladness, with great joy, knowing that it is our means of transformation and transfiguration, even in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm sharing with you on how to live the new life in Christ. You remember I started sharing with you two weeks ago, how to live the new life in Christ. It's a very important subject that I feel we must all, you know, become familiar with. You know, because if we know what we are becoming in the spirit, we will not depend on our physical um, life or physical expressions to, to identify ourselves. Sometimes you say, you say, as for me, I know I'm a very bad girl. You see, you are talking, you're a Christian, you're a child of God, but then you are saying that you're a bad girl because of what you are looking at. You are looking at the out, outward man. You are looking at what's happening in your soul. You are looking at what is happening in your body. Man is a spirit. I told you the last time. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Let me just do a short recap. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Paul says, I pray God that your whole spirit and soul he says, you be, you be, you, I pray, the very, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you, you have a soul. You have a spirit. You are a spirit being. Say, I'm a spirit being. I have a soul and I live in a body. That is who you are. You are a spirit being. You have a soul. You possess a soul and you live in a body. Now, I can touch you physically. Touch your neighbor physically. Touch your neighbor's shoulder or something or head or give your neighbor a slap or something. I mean, you can be felt, isn't it? it can be, you can feel your neighbor. But what you are feeling is, or what you are touching is the person's body. It's just a container. Do you see? Do you buy a perfume because of how nice the container looks? No, you are not interested in the container. It's the content that you are looking at. Do you see? So your body... Is a, is a physical, is your means of relating physically. Without the body, you cannot be here. That is why when a man or a woman dies, 
the body is here, but then the real person is gone, and so the person cannot relate. There's someone in you. There's someone. You're, the real you is you. It's inside. It's not outside. It's not this physical eyes, this physical ears, lips, and all of that. It's more than that. Are you in the church? Yes. But we can touch the body, can feel it, and that's what doctors examine. Doctors examine the body. Doctors look at the body. They look at what's going, the physiology. You know, they look at anatomy. There's, there's medicine that looks at your brain, how you're thinking, okay, which is also another aspect that you have. You are, that's your soul. You see, I, you, can, you, can, you can have someone looking very nice, beautiful, physically, well-dressed, everything, but it's not correct upstairs. Isn't it? There's, there are problems upstairs. There are problems on the set floor. <laughs> lots and lots of problems. So, even though I may not be able to touch your soul with my physical hand, I can touch your soul with my words. I can call you, give you a call and insult you. I won't do that by the grace of God. But someone can insult you, isn't it? And then you feel it. The person didn't touch you. The person has not given you a kick in the face. You'll be down the whole day. Isn't it? Someone can call you and it will affect your soul. You can commit suicide, isn't it? Because of something that was said to you. You weren't slapped though, but you are crying. You weren't kicked, but it's affecting you physically. You can't sleep because someone broke your heart. You can't eat because someone did something to you. The person said, I don't like you again. And this has become a problem, isn't it? It's just words, though. It's just words. A person just spoke. You see, with words, your soul can be touched. You see, it's your soul that is educated. Your mind is what the class captain of your soul, the aspect of your soul, but the class captain of your soul is, is your mind. The senior prefect is your mind. Do you see? And it's the mind that is educated in the school. Okay? So it's very easy to know the soul, it's very easy to know the body. Because they are, all, they are all physically related. You know, they are all... And when we, when we say something is carnal, we are talking about... We are not talking about something, maybe the person has sinned or something. We are talking about... When the Bible says carnal, it's talking about naturalness. Being natural. Are you in a church? Yes. You can see some in a Romans. Romans chapter 8 um, from, verse, from verse 6. Look at Romans 8 from verse 6. It says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You see, it says, being, thinking naturally. Hmm? Thinking that you are a body. And thinking that you are a soul only. And relating or living your life based on what you feel in your body and what you feel in your soul only. Makes you what? Makes you die. It brings death. So, you can be carnally minded or you can be spiritually minded. Do you see? Yes. The doctor said, you are going to die in the next six months. You can choose to believe what they are, because they are looking at their lights. What they are looking at is the body. They can't see beyond the body. But there's something that exists beyond the body, which is the real you, which is spirit. Jesus said, that which is born of the spirit is spirit, and that which is born of the flesh is flesh. So that those who are born of the flesh, or those who are fleshly minded or carnally minded or naturally minded 
cannot see and appreciate what is happening spiritually. It's not possible. And a Christian can be carnal. So carnal, he lives his life based on what he can see, what he can hear, what his five senses are telling him, what his mind is telling him. That's all. And not see beyond what is happening physically. And identify himself or herself with what is happening physically only. I'm a sinner. Why? Why? Why am I a sinner? Because I keep doing a lot of foolish things. Pastor, you don't know me. Pastor, you don't, you really, you don't, really, you really, don't really don't know. You should really get to know me. <laughs> Pastor Alex says, I have potential you don't know about. You should really get to know me. You see, you are, you are thinking and talking carnally on the side of the natural. 1 Corinthians 2.14. Look at this. It says, but the natural man is what? Received not the things of the spirit. The natural man cannot receive the things that be of the spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him. Whenever you start describing anything on the line of the spirit, it's foolishness. Hallelujah. But the natural man, say the natural man. The problem with the natural man, a Christian can be a natural man. Yes, a Christian can be so natural. Let's face reality. Yes. I'm depressed. Let, I'm depressed. Let's be serious. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm poor. Why are you saying you're poor? Because you're looking at the physical. You're looking at your bank account. You're looking at your family. Your, your family's inheritance. There's none. There's no, there's negative, even. Do you see? Huh? You are looking at only the natural. And if you look at only the natural, you cannot receive the things that be of the Spirit of God. You can't. It's not possible. So Paul wrote to the Corinthian church and said, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. There are, are spiritual communications. What is the spiritual communication? The word of God. The word of God, Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The word of God is spirit. The only way to determine and know what is happening spiritually is to know the word. The word of God is the mirror. I told you the last time. It's a mirror that we use to find out what's happening to us spiritually. What has happened to us in the spirit. Without the word of God, you cannot even identify your spirit. And you cannot identify what is going on. And guess what? Your spirit man is a real you. Your spirit man is a real you. Your spirit man is a real you. The real you is spirit. And your real identification or your real identity is what. Your identity in the spirit, not your identity in the physical. You may not like your height. Probably you wanted to be a bit taller. Or may not, you may not like your size. Thank God that we are going to have a glorified body. All the specifications you want. Those of us who want to be taller, we'll get it in. in. Uh, Pastor Eli is always hanging around me and it's making me, it always makes me feel like, I, like there's something wrong. Like God didn't do what he was supposed to do. But as well, Jesus is Lord. Thank God the, glory, the glorified body is coming. You may not like your size. You may not like your height. You may not like, you may think that, you may not like your stomach. <laughs> you may think that you are not beautiful enough. And hence, you are all, you, you identify yourself based on how you look. Your identity is on your looks. I don't think I'm beautiful enough. No, that is not, that is not the real you. The real you is not the container. It's more than that. Do you see? Yeah, you may think that, oh, 
I, I, I'm not smart enough. Of course. <laughs> God even knows. You know, the devil knows. Everybody knows. But that's not the, that is not the real you. <laughs> I tell you, in your spirit, the born again experience happens to our spirit. It happens to our spirit. The born again experience happens to our spirit, isn't it? And in your spirit, you are perfect. Can you imagine? In your spirit, you are perfect. I tell you, in your your spirit, you are so beautiful. In your spirit, you are super. In your spirit, you are excellent. In your spirit, you are wise. In your spirit, you are intelligent. In your spirit, you are the best. In your spirit, you are all the nice things you can think about. And it's all stuck up in your spirit. Yes. All in your spirit. Your spirit is the best. Listen. My first point today is that you are equal to Christ spiritually. You are equal to Jesus in the spirit. There's nothing Jesus has that you do not have. That's my first point. Chapter 1. Your spirit is just like Jesus. That is why you must learn to change your gaze from the natural. You are looking at the natural things. The Bible says that the, the natural man cannot receive the things that be of, of the spirit of God. It's not possible. To be carnally minded is, to, is, is there. The Bible says the carnal mind cannot please God. It's not possible. Walking in the natural will not help you. You must learn to walk in the spirit. What does it mean to walk in the spirit? To walk in the spirit is to walk in the word. What the word is saying? What has the word of God said? Concerning me. So let me show you some of the things that the Bible has said. The word of God is a mirror, right? Is it a mirror? You want to check. You see, I was telling you the last time that you actually, you've never really seen yourself. You've only seen a reflection of yourself. The mirror, you know, there are mirrors that make you big. There are mirrors that make you tall. I don't know which one you have in your house. So you may have a, decept- a, a deceived picture, a magnified image of yourself when it's not the, rea- the reality. The mirror just, it just shows you a reflection. You've never, you can't remove your eyes and check yourself. Have you seen it? You can't remove your eyes. It's just a, a reflection. Yes. But you've never really seen yourself. Others see you, but you can't you can really see yourself. The mirror just shows you what is there. You depend on the mirror to be able to tell. You can be feeling good in your soul. You can be feeling very good, very peaceful, very nice. Yeah, like I've dressed in your mind. <laughs> in your mind, I've really dressed. But then when you, when you check the mirror, you realize that you have done comma over here. The, the eyelash is comma. Do you know comma? <laughs> or you have done equal to on your face. Your hair is looking like uh, something. Yeah. If you don't check, you can be feeling good inside. But if you, you, need, you need a mirror. To check what is going on on the outside. In the same way, you, you, can, you can be feeling very good physically. You can be prosperous physically. You can be healthy physically. You can be all of that physically. You need to check what is happening to you spiritually. You have to. And the means of checking is the word of God. The means of checking is the word of God. Look at James, the one in James. James chapter 1, verse 21. Let's read 22 so that we can just continue. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving your own selves. Then he says, For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face 
in a mirror, in a glass. The word glass is mirror. He says, the one who hears a word and does not do it, it's like a man who looks at himself in a mirror. Next verse. Then he says, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straight away or immediately forgeteth what manner of man he was. So God doesn't want you to forget what manner of man you are. The problem, is, the problem is that you forget what kind of a person you are. You forget your identity spiritually. That is a problem. The whole Christian walk is a walk of remembering what you are spiritually. Remember what you are. See what you are and maintain what you are. It will change a lot of things about you. Spiritually, you are patient, I tell you. Your spirit man is as patient as Jesus. But physically, you can be, a, you can be into uh, slaps. You just give slaps. When you get angry, pop, pop, pop. before you realize that you have slapped somebody, then you're like, oh, why did I do this? It's because you are, you, you, your mind, you see, your mind can either be won over by your spirit or be won over by your body. Your, your mind or your soul is a junction between your spirit and your body. Your, 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 your mind or your soul is a tool that can be used by your spirit or a tool that can be used by your body. The Bible talks about the heart. The Bible says, out of the heart proceeded evil thoughts. The heart is a junction between the spirit, your spirit man, and your soul. So your heart has qualities of your spirit and qualities of your soul. And the word of God is sown in your heart. So your mind must be won over by the spirit. It's important. That's what the whole Christian work is about. You want to live the, the new life? The way to live the new life is to allow your mind to be won over by your spirit. Through the word. So that your spirit man can have a, a leeway, can express the blessings that are in your spirit. The blessings of the life of God. The blessings of the glory of God. The blessings of the power of God. The blessings of the prosperity of God, the blessings of the health of God are all in your spirit and must come out. When you are carnally minded, you only look at what is happening outside and you identify and define yourself by what is happening outside. But you need to be spiritually minded. Am I helping you? Beautiful. Now, your spirit is just like Jesus. Under it, A. In his nature. Your spirit is just like Jesus in the nature of Christ. First John chapter 4, verse 17. Look at First John 4, 17. As he is, so are we in this world. As Jesus is. As Jesus, can you imagine? It's, it's not a, these are not verses that were cooked up or concocted. These are scriptures. Yes, scriptures is real. It's real. You, it's either you believe it or you don't believe it. Now, what will let you not believe it? By thinking about all your failures. That lets you know that you are not like Jesus. Thinking about your fornications and your stealings and your challenges and your failures and your inconsistencies and your inadequacies and how you are not qualified enough and how you are not brilliant enough will prevent you from thinking like this. So what happens in the physical lets you think in a different way from what the Bible has said. What the Bible says is that 
as Jesus is, so am I, as Jesus is in his nature, his divine nature. Look at first, um, second Peter chapter one, verse three. These are, these are biblical things. These are scriptures. Look at this. It says, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. That by these, next verse, whereby are given unto us extinguished and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. He's letting you know that you are a partaker of the divine nature. The, the nature of divinity is what the nature you have. It's the truth. You are just like Christ in his nature, in his divine nature. We share his divine life. We are partakers in reality. <laughs> but it's not seen in the body. It's not seen in the soul. It's the reality in the spirit. Christianity has to do with making that a reality in your soul and hence in your body. You make it a reality in your soul, your body will submit. I've got the nature of God in me. Always remember that he made us after his own image and likeness, isn't it? Yes. Same image, same nature, same likeness. Yeah. As he is, as he is, in his glory, in his power, in his greatness, in his peace, in his joy, in his wealth, in his prosperity, in his health, so am I in this world. As he is, so am I in this world. Believe it. Get your soul to agree <laughs> with what has happened. Don't say, I, 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 I've seen what the word of God has said. But in reality, you see, it depends on, it depends on what you are calling reality. It's because the Bible, Jesus says that the word of God, truth. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The word truth is reality. Jesus is the word. So the word of God is the reality of God. The, that's the standard of reality. That is, a, that is real reality. I don't know which one you're talking about. When you say, let's face reality. What reality are you talking about? You are not facing reality. You are looking at what is happening in your body and what is happening in your soul. Which is not what God is seeing. What does God see when he looks at you? You are saying that you are a sinner. What does God see when he looks at you? Because of all the foolish things you are doing, you are identifying yourself with those things. I'm a weed smoker. I'm a betite. I'm this. I'm that. But the Bible does not describe it like that. It says, and such were some of you. Such were some of you. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Knowing not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God, are you, un are you the unrighteous? You are not the unrighteous. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Then it says, and such were some of you. It is, is it saying, and such are some of you? And such were some of you. But ye are washed. See, I'm washed. I'm Believe it. Don't look at what is happening outside. When you see something happening outside, remind yourself, I'm washed. This is not me. I'm washed. This is not me. I am washed. I am washed. I am washed. I am sanctified and I am justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of, the, of our God. That is my life. Are you deceiving yourself? And particularly not. That is your reality. You are looking in the right mirror. Stop looking outside. Stop looking at people's descriptions of you. You are not a nice person. 
You are not, and you believe that. That is why you are not a nice, a nice person. If you start believing what is inside, I'm a nice person. Because, I'm, because as he is, so am I. As Jesus is, so am I. I'm a nice person. I'm peaceful. I'm a joyful person. I'm a patient person. I'm a loving person. I'm a great guy. I'm a great girl. That will become your reality. That, that non-niceness you are seeing on the outside will start changing gradually. And before long, what is inside there? You see, you don't look like Jesus outside. In your soul. Look at the battles. Look at your mind. Look at my mind. And my mind is not correct. Like your mind is not correct. But in the spirit, the Bible says that we have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. Look at 1 Corinthians 2, 16. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has known the mind of the Lord? That he may instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. Tell me this is false. You can say, oh, this is not, it's not true. And you are trying to say, what he's saying is what he's saying. He says, but we, you and I, we have the mind of Christ. But it's not in the physical, it's in the spirit. You need to start focusing on what has happened in the spirit. And then it will start affecting you physically. That is, a, that is how you live the, li- the new life. You know, in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, there's a, there's a word that is used in there that a lot of us forget. If any man being Christ is a new creature, all things are passed away. Then he says, behold. The whole Christian work is about beholding. Behold what has happened in the spirit. As you behold, he says, we are changed into the same image. From glory to glory. As you behold. Your whole job. Our whole job is to keep looking. That's our job. Our job is to keep looking. Keep looking at what? Keep looking at the word. Why are we looking at the word? Because the word is what describes us spiritually. The more you look at what is happening in the spirit. The more you become what is being described. We are changed from one level of glory to another. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18. But we are with open face. Beholding. As in a glass. As in a glass. He's talking about the word. The glory of the Lord. You are truly the glory of the Lord. But physically it doesn't look like it. None of us can say we look like Jesus physically. There's a day coming when you look like him physically. But as it stands now, you don't look like him. In your behavior, you don't look like him. I'm not the smartest person in the room. I'm not the wisest person in the room. I'm not the most intelligent person in the room. I'm not the nicest person in the room. I'm confident to describe these things as it is because that is not where my identity is. (laughs) I don't find my identity there. My identity, my real identity is in Christ. And that is where my confidence is. (laughs) You know, if if people come to you just because of how beautiful you are physically, there's a day coming when the beauty will fade. If your whole trust and your whole confidence is in the physical looks that you have and your biceps, and how smart you are, and how, your, how the type of English you speak, how nice your English is. If that is all your, those, those are the things that bring you confidence. Very soon, you will lose it. Very soon, someone will come who is more beautiful than you are. They say the beautiful ones are yet to be born, isn't it? Beauty is vain. It will fade before long. Some wrinkles are coming in. And your, it will start reducing your confidence. So it's in your own interest to not find your identity on the outside. You have to start to find your identity on what has happened to you spiritually. It's so important. So important to change a lot of things about you. How am I bold? I'm bold because my physically I'm not bold at all. I'm one of the... You know, they talk about temperaments. 
Can you believe that my temperament is phlegmatism? Hey, dear, hey. <laughs> Even me, it's surprising. Yeah. If you describe, if I look at the descriptions of a phlegmatic, I realize I'm inside. I'm inside. But, it's, but I don't find my identity on. They are saying what, they are saying what I am physically. But I take my identity on what I am spiritually. So you see that with time, you see that the phlegmatism is being defeated. I mean, you can't say I'm phlegmatic. You may not be able to say, listen, sanguine, you think I'm sanguine. I'm a very quiet person. You'll be surprised. Are you surprised? I'm very quiet. You'll be shocked. I don't talk. <laughs> Me. I don't talk at all. Very quiet. I talk when I'm talking about the word of God. Yeah. The Lord has just changed me and helped me. As I've beheld what I am spiritually, it has changed me physically. Hallelujah. See, I have the mind of Christ. You must, you must keep looking, you must keep saying, you must keep believing so that it becomes your practical experience. So important. So we are like him in our nature, isn't it? The second one is that we are like him in, in life, in his life. We share the same life with Jesus. Fair John chapter 5, verse 9 to 13. Fair John 5, 9 to 13. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his son. This is, the God, this is God's witness. This is God's testimony concerning Jesus, his son. This is what God has said concerning his son. He says, if you believe the witness of men, then the witness of God is greater. If you believe, if you believe that the seat that you are sitting on can hold, you believe that that's why you didn't check if the seat could hold you. Did you check it? You didn't check it. You just released your weight on it. Yeah. You just released all of your weight on it. Why? Because you trust in the one who did it. You trust in the one who manufactured that particular seat. You trust in him. We trust in doctors. There's a doctor sitting here. Two doctors sitting here. We trust in them. If you go and they tell you your heart is not beating right, you subject yourself to the, to the surgeon for them to work on your heart. Meanwhile, you've not seen what is going on. But you say what? I don't want to die. You want to, you want to lie on the table for the surgery. Everything will be fine. You trust them. Because they are saying things that you've not seen, but you know that they know. He says, if we receive the witness of men, for instance, you believe that your mother is your mother, but there are some people who have gone to find out that their mother, the one they knew as their mother, was never their mother. Have you seen some people? They grew up to know that their mother was not their mother. Why did they believe? They believed because they were told that this is your mother. Everything you believe, as you are sitting here physically, is because you have been told. You believe what you believe because you've been told. You've been told that you are black. But actually, you're not black. Look, how is this dress? I always like this dress in this world. Black. You are not black. You are dark. <laughs> One man of God said, black is colorless. There's nothing like that. What is that? <laughs> That's why no matter how dark you are, there's a differentiation between your hair and, your, and, your, and you. Your hair is different. It's a differentiation. You are black. They say you are black. But when you check your hair, your hair is the, that is the black. You are dark. If we believe in the witness of men, he says, if we believe what men have said, then the witness of God is greater. I was sharing along this line some time ago, and I mentioned that. You do know that there are some people whose hearts are not here on this side. It's on the right side. It's, it's an anomaly. It's, ah, there are doctors here. It's called dextrocardia. 
dextrocardia. You'll be surprised that you're sitting here. Yours is on the right, but you don't. You always think it's on the. It's on the. It's, you always thought it was. Yeah. Because they've told us that, oh, it's on this side. You'll be surprised that one day your wife will lay his, his, her head on your chest and you're like, ah, I'm not feeling anything here. It's just like it's on the other side. Hey! Yeah. If you receive the witness of men, the witness of God, if men say something and we believe them, how much more God saying something? The witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God. What has God said? This is the witness of God concerning his son. What has God said concerning his son? Next verse. He that believeth on the son of God has the witness in himself. He that believeth not God has made him a liar. Because he believeth not the record that God gave of his son. And this is the record. What is the record? The record is that God has given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. So the life that the son has is the same life that has been given to you. Actually, an advanced form of this is that your life is now the life of the son. Or your life is now Jesus. Okay, let me, let me show you something. Look at John, um, John chapter 5, verse 26. John 5, 26. Jesus said, For as the father has life in himself, so has he given to the son to have life in himself. So the, the life that the, the father has is a life that the son also has. Isn't it? Go to verse 24. Verily I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life. And shall not come into a condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. The word everlasting life is the same word. Everlasting life there is always the same word that Jesus used a verse, two verses later. Same thing. So the life that Jesus has is the same life you have. You are identical with him in the same, we share the same life. And actually, our life is his life. And his life is our life. Can you read this to me? One to go. Next verse. Can you imagine when Christ, when Christ, who is our life? So my life is Jesus' life. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. My presence in this world is the prolonging of the days of the Messiah. Because my life is the life of the Messiah. Believe in these things. Because that's what the Bible says. I'm not the one saying it. There's nothing I've said from my, my personal opinion. This is what God is saying. When Christ, who is our life, when Christ, who is our life, shall be revealed, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. It's called the panarosis. The day when the Lord shows up. Who also shows up. And you realize that, ah, I'm, I'm just like him. That's a reality on the ground. You are just like him. Where is it? In your spirit. You are just like him in behavior, in attitude, in patience, in mannerisms, in what? Give me more words. In thought pattern. Everything you can, in actions, everything you can think about. You are just like Jesus. There's no difference. <laughs> and that's what God sees. The Bible says that God is a spirit. John 4, 24. God is a spirit. So God sees spiritually. He doesn't see what is going on with you physically. When you say, I'm sick, I don't know what I'm doing. God doesn't see it. 
Christianity is learning to see the way God sees. What does God see? By his stripes you were healed. He himself took your sicknesses and your diseases. He took. So he can't see the cancer. You also should start. What you need to do is to start seeing that God is not seeing the cancer. God is a spirit. So he only sees what is happening in the spirit. He cannot see anything physically. You come and then you say, I'm a sinner. I don't know what I, I keep doing this. What does God see? God sees righteousness. When you start seeing what God is seeing, you will start having that become your evidence, your, your reality, naturally speaking. That's how you live the Christian life. That's how you live the new life. It's not a lie. God says, let, Elijah said, let God be true. And all men lies, including you. So if you are going to look at the things that are happening to you outside to describe yourself and to pinpoint yourself spiritually, you are going to make a very big mistake. You are going to deceive yourself. You are going to destroy your life. You are going to think the wrong way forever. God is a spirit. God is a spirit. He only sees what's going on spiritually. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So we can't, we can't relate with him. So when you come and you start saying what he has not said in his word, you are creating a problem for yourself. Oh, sinner that I am. It is because you see yourself as a, an old sinner saved by grace. That is why you keep fooling around. You see yourself as an old sinner who has been saved by grace. You are not an old sinner saved by grace. That old sinner died. Long ago, you were a new man without a past. You still think you have a past. That is why you are having problems. You shouldn't think that you have a past. You, sh- you don't have a past. If any man be in crisis, what? New what? He's now starting. He's now born. That's, called, that's why it's called born again. Not old man, old, old sinner saved by grace. No. It's not the old sinner saved by grace. That old sinner died. And a new one. A new, completely new person came. New, complete person came. That's what you are. That's the new man that is living. See, I'm a born again child of God. And I'm new. Have no past. Hallelujah. I'll never fail in my life. Why do I say I'll never fail in my life? Because Jesus never failed. And I share his life. As he is, so am I in this world. Christ is my life. You know, Paul says in 9 in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, he says that, as for me, I was crucified with Christ. He's talking about his old man. He says the old man died on the cross of Christ. Nevertheless, I live. The new man, you see, the old man died. Always remember that. You are not an old man refurbished. No. No past. Stop thinking like that. There's no past. You don't have a past. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. And you have seen quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. This is the old man. He says the old man was dead in trespasses and sins. And that old man has now been given a new life to live unto God. He says you are dead to sin, but you are now alive to God. The old man is dead, is, is gone. Now you are dead. You, the new man, you are dead to sin. You are alive to God. That's your life. Start describing yourself and identifying yourself as God has identified you. Welcome to Christianity. That's Christianity. Yeah. When Christ, who is our life? Christ is my life. Christ is my life. Can you, can you even imagine that we share 
You see, I'm giving you the point, too. I mentioned that we share his nature, right? The next one is that we share his life. The next one is that we share his faith. We are alike in faith. The faith we have is the faith of Jesus. The faith you and I have today. Your faith is not different from mine. My faith is not different from yours. The faith of Jesus Christ is not different from mine. The faith of Jesus Christ is not different from yours. Same faith. Same faith. You see? I understand what I'm saying. I'm going to show you scriptures. To what I'm, I'm saying. Galatians chapter 2. So that you can think well. Because it's like, oh, I don't have faith for this. What are you talking about? You have faith. There's faith. Galatians chapter 2. Verse 16. Paul is having a discourse with Peter. You know? Because he, Peter was eating with the Gentiles. When he saw the Jews coming from James, who was then the head of the church, he was so afraid because the Jews say that you should not even eat with Gentiles. Do you see? When he saw them coming, he took his hand off out of the foot and put it at his back and stained his dress. <laughs> and Paul got angry. Paul was not happy at all. So he started, so this is a preaching that Paul preached to, to Peter. Yeah. Look at verse 13 into verse 14. Verse 12. He says, For before the setting came from James, he did eat with, with the Gentiles. Go, go back to 11. But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face. <laughs> I withstood Peter to the face. I spoke very harshly to, to Peter. I faced him seriously. Because he was to be blamed. I blamed him. What happened? Go to the next verse. This was face-to-face confrontation. Eh? I had a face-to-face confrontation with him because he was clearly out of line. Galatians 2.11. He was clearly out of line. Paul is rebuking Peter. Why was he rebuking Peter? Why was he rebuking Peter? He's coming to tell us why he was rebuking Peter. He was rebuking Peter because all these guys were saying that salvation comes by keeping the law. Which is a dangerous thing that has continued up to date. I'll talk about it next on Tuesday and then on, on Sundays. Very dangerous. You think God accepts you because of what you do? Or refuses you because of what you didn't do? Or what you did? You are still under the law, I tell you. God does not accept us because of what we do or do not do. God accepts us because of someone called Jesus Christ. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Just because I'm saying it, it's one of my points. I was going to talk about we are like him in righteousness. That's point six. But since I'm talking like this now, let me just say what I need to say. In the Old Testament, okay, listen to me very carefully. In the Old Testament, when the priest came to come and offer the sacrifices, when the priest took the blood of the... uh, First of all, let me talk about the offering. When the offering came, Let's say you've done something wrong. Yvonne, come. Yvonne has done something wrong. She has trespassed. She's done a lot of bad things. Okay? Pastor Anthony, come. Act, act as though you were a sheep. So please go down your bed. Uh-huh. So when she, brings, when she brings her offering, okay, Pastor Eli, come. You will always be the high priest by the grace of God. You see, he kindly stand this way. The high priest does not check. (laughs) 
By the way, we are all sheep. We are all God's sheep, so feel free. Uh, listen now. Are you listening to me? The high priest will not, it's not, he doesn't check what the sinner has, he doesn't check the perfection of the sinner. It's not the sinner that is checked. It is the offering that is checked. Please come and check whether the offering is perfect. They check to see if the offering is without spot or without blemish. <laughs> they check to, is the, is the offering or is the offering that is checked? Not the offerer. Not the offerer. Who is our offering? Jesus. Who is our offering? Jesus. So his, his perfection and his acceptance is whose acceptance? When the priest checks and says that, ah, there's no problem, it means that this one, is, there's no problem with this one. This one is okay. That sheep is okay. This person does not have any problem. Yeah? Are you in the church? So I don't know why you think that you are accepted before God because of what you do or don't do. It's not because of what you do or don't do. You are accepted before God because of what Jesus, Jesus was inspected. He was checked. He is the offering. 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 And when the high priest, on that day, when the high priest, you see, this is, we are, they are checking trespass offering, all those things. They check this one. They don't check him or her. On the day of atonement, when the high priest takes the blood of the lamb and goes into the Holy of Holies, okay, Pastor, Pastor let's come, you are God. When he goes into the Holy of Holies to go and see God, eh, everybody in Israel will be standing outside hoping and waiting that this guy will come out successfully. If the high priest comes out successfully, Brunya, it's Christmas. Everybody will shout, glory. And the first thing the high priest will do when he comes out is to say, Tetelestai, it's finished. When he says it's finished, it means that everybody is glad for one year. For the next one year, you come, do whatever you want to do. We don't care. We don't know what's going to happen. Whatever it is, you are covered. Why? Because the high priest, the acceptance of the high priest is the acceptance of the people. Who is our high priest? Jesus. Who is our high priest? Jesus. Who is our high priest? Jesus. So why are you worrying yourself? You are worrying yourself about, I don't know, this masturbation, where will you live my life? That's why it's not living. You have stopped looking at Jesus. You are looking so much at, at your beggars. You know beggars? You are looking so much at, your, at yourself. That's what you are looking at. That is why it's like it's not going. Christianity is looking onto Jesus. <laughs> you are looking at solutions on the internet. How to stop masturbating. Oh brother, you have gone too far. Instead of looking into the world, you are looking at... Oh no, 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 no. The acceptance of the priest is the acceptance of everyone. Let me show you scriptures. Since, let me read something in, to you in Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 6. All these things are in the Bible. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 6. Don't look at yourself. Look unto Jesus. Look at what he has done. Believe in what he has done. He sacrificed. He says, now when these things were thus ordained, he was talking about the Tabernacle of old. He mentioned the various things that were set up in there from verse 1. You see it if you read from verse 1. Then he says, now when all these things were, were thus ordained, the priests went into the first tabernacle. That is a, the holy place. Accomplishing the service of God on a daily basis. Next verse. But into the second, that is the holy of holies, when the high priest alone, once every year, once every year, not without blood, 
which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. If he was not accepted, the whole, all the people are not accepted. The place was so dangerous that the high priest had to have a rope tied around his waist and a bell, bells around his dress, so that when he's moving around, the bells will be sounding so that they will know that he's alive. When the bell stops sounding, they know he's not alive. He's dead because he didn't cleanse himself well. He was not accepted. Do you get it? And then no, and when, when he dies there too, nobody can go there for him. He's the only one who can go there. And the only one who can go there to he has gone and has, has died. So who's going to take it? Yet if the dead body stays there for one minute, everybody will die. So they tie a rope around his waist so that they can pull him out when they don't hear of him again. Pull him out quickly so that they can be safe and see if the next person can go. Even the high priest was not chosen by men. The high priest was chosen by God. God is the one who said, this is my high priest. Yes, this undertaker no man upon himself. Yes, but it is the Lord that chooses Every high priest taken from among men is ordained by God in the affairs of men. No, 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 it's not. Go to chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5 as 1. For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in the things pertaining to God that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. He's ordained for men. Ordained by God for men. Have you seen it? Yeah. So that he may offer sacrifices. Next verse. Verse 2. Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way? For that he himself is compassion with infirmity. So he, the high priest, has problems. Next verse. And by reason of he ought to ask for the people so also for himself to offer for sins. And no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. So the high priest was called and chosen of God. Who is our high priest? Jesus Christ is our high priest. So go back to chapter 9, verse 6, where we're reading, so I can understand it very well. Now, when these things were ordained, the priest went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. Verse, verse 7. But into the second when the high priest, alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. Verse 8. The Holy Ghost did signify that the way the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while as yet the tabernacle was yet standing. Go to verse uh, 11. So he talks about the high priest who had to offer for himself. And the acceptance of that, that high priest was the acceptance of everybody. Then he says, but Christ, being come an high priest of good things to come. Our high priest is the high priest of good things to come. Good things. By a greater and a more perfect tabernacle. He didn't minister in a tabernacle, an earthly tabernacle. He ministered in a heavenly, the tabernacle of the heavenly of heaven of heavens. Not made with hands. That is to say, not of this building. What did he do? Next verse. Neither by the blood of goats. So Jesus is the high priest. He is the, he is the offering as well. He died as the offering. Rose again as our high priest. And took his own blood. To go and put on the mercy seat where he himself was sitting. So he is the offering. He is the high priest. And he is the mercy seat. That is why the Bible says, who can lay anything to the child of God's elect? Who can? I don't know why you are keep accusing yourself for nothing. Why you I, all the time? You are feeling bad. I'm a bad person. I don't know when can I stop this. You are looking at the wrong picture. Start looking at Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Start looking at Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. You'll be surprised at what will happen. Everything around you will change. Yes. He's the offering. He's the priest. He's the mercy seat. He last therion. He last komai. He last mos. It's all. Not made with the hands, that is to say, not of this building. Next verse 12. Neither by the blood of goats and cows. 
If the blood of goats and calves was good enough for one year, how much more the blood of God? But by his own blood, he entered in once. Once, so he didn't go every time. He entered into the holy place once. For what purpose? Having obtained eternal redemption for us. He has obtained eternal redemption for you and I. We are redeemed eternally. Your spirit man is, is, is finished. Re- eternally redeemed. Why are you saying that you are a bad person? Why are you calling yourself a sinner? Why are you saying that you are old sinner as you are? What are you talking about? You should be saying I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You should affirm what God has done in Christ for you. Look at chapter 20, verse 24. Hebrews 9, verse 24 now. Look at this. It's for Christ, who is our high priest, is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself. For what purpose? Now to appear in the presence of God for us. He didn't go for himself. He went for us. His appearance there was for, our, for, for us. To do what? Next verse. Verse 25. Nor yet with the blood, nor yet that he should offer himself often as a high priest entered into the holy place every year with the blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now, once in the end of the world, has he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. He appeared there to put away sin. Your sin, not his sin. Your sin. To put away sin. How? By the sacrifice of himself. Verse 27. As it is appointed unto men once to die, but after that, after this, the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. He was once offered, once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. He, 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 he went in once, offered once to bear the sins of many. That is why he came. He came to bear your sins, to take away your sin and make you the righteousness of God. Romans chapter 4 verse 25. Jesus was offered on account of our errors. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I am accepted. Yeah. You are accepted. You are as righteous as he is. Your spirit man is as righteous as Jesus is. Hmm. Let me give you another example. Romans chapter 5. Verse 18. Therefore, as by the offense of one, Judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Who is this one person he's talking about? Adam. Pastor Phil, please come. You are Adam. Adam. Adam's error is what made everybody get into error. You, people are not sinning and are, are not sinners because they decided to become sinners. It's because of one person. I mean, Ghana, they'll say, Adam, Nana. I mean, you are Adam's grandchild. If your grandfather did not, if your grandfather died before giving birth to your father, would you be here? Hello? If your grandfather died before your father was born, would you have been here? So the termination of your grandfather is the termination of your life. Why? Because you are in your, gra- you were, you are in your grandfather. You were in your grandfather. No, so. Yeah. Your grandfather had to live. He gets to a place where he could give birth to your father. And then it continues like that. 
All of us were in Adam. What Adam did affected the whole of humanity. That's what it says. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all. His offense brought judgment upon all to condemnation. Do you believe that one? Do you believe this one? Dr. Sai, please stand here. You are Jesus. Even so, by the righteousness of one, by the righteousness of one, if you believe that sin came because of one person, then the righteousness of one person, okay, even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift of righteousness comes upon all men unto justification of life, unto right, being declared not guilty and getting the life of God. That's what he's talking about. Next verse, verse, verse 18, verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience, by this man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. So why are you righteous? You are righteous because one person obeyed. Why are they sinners? They are sinners because one person disobeyed. I don't know if you are seeing what I'm talking about. Please, you can take your seat. It's called federal headship. Federal headship. Federal headship. Adam is the federal head of the human race. Christ is the federal head of the new creation. And if Jesus is accepted, I'm accepted. The Bible says that Levi paid tithes in, 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 uh, in, in Abraham. Levi, who collects tithes, paid tithes in Abraham. Why? Because Levi was locked in Abraham's loins. Yes. So, your righteousness is not because of what you do or do not do. Your righteousness is because of one person's obedience. His name is Jesus Christ. His obedience is what makes us righteous. And in our case, he gave us his righteousness. And he became our righteousness. You see, he gave us righteousness as a gift. He became our righteousness. Eh? And made us the righteousness of God. I mean, it's just like three, threefold cord properly put together. Gave us righteousness as a gift. That's what, that's what we are reading. Go to um, verse 17. You need to think on it. You need to think on it. There's so much I've said by the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at this. It's for by one man's offense, death reigned. Who is that one man? Adam. Therefore, death reigned by one. How much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. That's a gift of righteousness that is given to you. Do you see? Gift of righteousness that is given to you at your new, new bed by Jesus. Jesus gives it to you. Because he's accepted, you are also accepted. Apart from that, he also becomes your righteousness. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. For but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness. Jesus is made unto us wisdom, so Jesus is our wisdom. If you want to know where your wisdom is, point to Jesus. That's why you need to keep looking at Jesus. If you want to know what, where your righteousness is or who your righteousness is, point to Jesus. Jesus is my righteousness. And where is Jesus? Jesus is in us. Your righteousness is a person. When the devil is accusing you because you did something wrong, you, look at what you did. Look at, tell him, yes, I know I've done something wrong. But my, you do know where my righteousness is? My righteousness is Jesus. Because I accepted him, I accepted. Your mouth like your mother's mouth. Go away. You insult, you, you insult the devil and tell him you should go away. Yeah. He cannot accuse you. Because you are accepted. There's now therefore no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Are you in Christ Jesus? If you are in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation for you. There's no condemnation for you. There's no condemnation for you. I said there's no condemnation for you. Receive grace to walk in the righteousness of God. 
Jesus has become your righteousness. Your righteousness is a person. His name is Jesus. And guess what? Jesus was tempted in all points. All points. Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 15. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like us we are, yet without sin. This man, Jesus, is now the one who is our righteousness. He was tempted in all points. The pornography you watched, you, when it came for him to watch pornography, he didn't watch. He qualified. The fornication, he didn't fornicate. He qualified. The stealing, he didn't steal. He qualified. He qualified for everything. And when he qualified, he said, my qualification is not your qualification. Don't worry. I've done it for you. I've done it for you. I've done everything for you. You see, you don't like what I said. Because of the religiosity, the religiosity that is embedded in most Christians' minds, the carnal state is worrying them. The carnal mind is worrying them. So even what the scriptures have said is a problem. We fight with it. We fight with it. Yes, we fight with it. He has made us righteous. He is accepted. And his righteousness is my righteousness as a gift. As a gift. And then he himself it's also my righteousness. Christ is my righteousness. What shall he be? He's called Christ, our, the Lord, our righteousness. Who is the Lord? The Lord is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's in Isaiah. He says he shall be called the Lord, our righteousness. The Lord is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he's our righteousness. So Christ is my righteousness. Well, gift of righteousness, Christ our righteousness, and then the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. God has made, Jesus made us the righteousness of God. That's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. He was made sin who knew no sin. Jesus was made sin who knew no sin. So that you and I might be made the righteousness of him. The righteousness of God in him. So in Christ, we have become the righteousness of God. We have become God will be in error to call us sinners. God will be unrighteous to call us sinners. Romans chapter 3. Verse 24. Romans 3, 24. Being justified or being Declared not guilty or being declared righteous freely. How? By his grace. How? Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Because of what Jesus has done, we are declared not guilty by the grace of God, by the actions of God. Next verse, verse 25. Jesus Christ, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith. Propitiation. That's what I was talking about. He's the message. He's the, he's the solution to all our problems. Through faith in his blood. To declare his righteousness, Jesus. Oh, thank God for what you shared with you. Lift up your voice, thank God. Tell yourself, I'm the righteousness of God. I refuse to look at myself on the outside. I look at myself on the spirit. I know who I am. I know who I am. I know who I am. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's Word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T Podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in, and enjoy God's Word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.